We all know the legal world is complex and high pressure. There's no room for error. That's why judges and attorneys across Chicagoland have trusted the expert court reporters at McCorkle Litigation Services since 1948. McCorkle Litigation Services has accurately recorded every word from thousands of legal proceedings. McCorkle Litigation Services provides the legal community with peace of mind, transcribing testimony and depositions that can be used reliably by jurors, judges, and attorneys. For all your legal support needs, contact McCorkle Litigation Services online at McCorkleLitigation.com. Last but certainly not least, on a very jam-packed legal face-off today, Rich Lankoff, Tina Martini. My name is Sam Panionovich, currently a partner at Kirkland & Ellis and the former Attorney General of the state of Illinois. It's an honor to have Lisa Madigan on the program. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. So, Lisa, you've had an illustrious career as a private practice trial lawyer and as Illinois' 31st Attorney General. And back in 2004, you you became the first Illinois Attorney General in more than 25 years to personally and successfully argue a case before the Supreme Court. Arguing before the high court is obviously a coveted experience for many lawyers. Just to provide some context, what percentage of cases typically make it to the Supreme Court and what types of cases do they tend to be? Well, very few cases tend to make it to the Supreme Court. I think the numbers look something like this. About 7,000 cases are brought to the Supreme Court, and they only hear approximately 70 of them. So very, very few cases make it to argument. And those cases, it's a wide range. Obviously, there are criminal matters and civil matters. But from the perspective of a former attorney general, you really have states being institutional um, litigants in front of the Supreme Court because of the nature of their jobs. As lawyers for the state, there are always issues, again, both of a criminal and civil nature that come up that end up in front of the Supreme Court. When I argued, the case was a Fourth Amendment case, and it revolved around whether or not law enforcement has the right to walk a drug detection dog around your car when you are pulled over for a traffic violation. Lisa, you recently appeared on a very interesting panel on this issue, specifically tips for women who want to argue at the Supreme Court. And I note that many of your fellow panelists are former guests on Legal Faceoff, including Anita Alvarez, who is the former Cook County State's Attorney, and Carolyn Shapiro, who's a regular on our show, uh, of course, um, uh, former Solicitor General of Illinois and Supreme Court expert. So what are some of the reasons why women tend to appear less frequently before the high court um, than male counterparts? And what steps do you think women can take to change that dynamic? Well, we had a panel of seven women from the Chicago area who have argued in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. And when we looked at, you know, where they were in terms of their careers when they argued, four of us had been in government. And you mentioned Anita Alvarez, the former Cook County State's Attorney, as well as Carolyn Shapiro, one of my former solicitors. Um, obviously, the three of us were all in government. Uh, we also had Jill Weinbanks on that panel. She's also a former Illinois Solicitor General. But there were two women who had been in private practice at the time they argued, and there was one law professor, uh, so she argued actually very recently you know, on a pro bono uh, criminal matter. So you really can come from any arena, but when you look at the numbers, there are a lot of women who get these opportunities when they're in government, and that is an issue that we spend a lot of time talking about. But one of the other things we talked about is the fact that if you want to argue in front of the U.S. Supreme Court, when those very few opportunities do come up, you really have to fight for them and you have to advocate for yourself because 
as you know, it really is a highlight uh, of a lawyer's career to have that opportunity, and everybody wants it. And people will, you know, fight for it. They'll knock you over. <laughs> so you have to be willing to get out there and say, look, uh, you know, I've dealt with this case from the very beginning. I'm the best person to argue, and uh, the case deserves to be mine. So you really have to make sure that you're going to stand up for yourself because there are plenty of other people who would love that opportunity. So when you get the case, you you stand up, you say, I'm entitled to this, and you actually get the opportunity. How did you prepare for the case that you argued? What what kind of preparation goes into it, both from a substantive standpoint, as well as, you know, just life preparation for, for your family and so forth? Well, at the time, I was eight months pregnant, so I didn't have any kids running around the house, which was very helpful, uh, but I spent a lot of time at the office and at home reading cases as if you know I was back in law school preparing for a moot court, and then we did three moot courts, one at the office, and so you can imagine how the you know lawyers in the appellate division were very excited to be able to moot the attorney general, <laughs> and then, uh, we did one with the National Association of Attorneys General out in D.C., and we did one with a, a group of um, former, a lot of them were former clerks uh, on the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, so we did another one with a group of private practice attorneys. And so, you know, you make sure to prepare yourself uh, in terms of the substance. But I would say one of the most interesting things I did was to spend a lot of time with the Illinois State Police at their training facility outside of Springfield, learning about how they train and how they use uh, drug detection dogs. Because I, of course, didn't want to be in the position where I got asked a question about the history and the use of drug detection dogs and didn't know the answer. So, you know, it's not just knowing your cases and thinking through your answers, but it's also making sure that you have a broad base of knowledge around the subject area because you never know what type of a question you're going to get. Lisa, last question here on Legal Face Off. Do you think some of the strides that females have made in the legal profession? We just talked about Judge Amy Berman Jackson, who uh, rendered the sentence in the Roger Stone case today. Of course, in the Supreme Court, you've got the likes of Elena Kagan and Sonia Sotomayor, and of course, the notorious RBG, who we all love. Do you think that the presence of prominent females in those roles makes it now easier for women like yourself who want to argue before the Supreme Court? I think there's no question that that really helps. And it also helps that there are so many women who are clerks uh, for the justices on the Supreme Court, because many of those women end up going into private practice. I have a partner here at Kirkland and Ellis, Erin Murphy, uh, who was a clerk for the Chief Justice. She's now argued four times in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. And so that's a pipeline that you see a lot of. And I think we're going to see more of it because there are more and more women who have, you know, come through law school and are getting those high-profile clerkships. And they're going to be prepared to advocate for themselves and for their clients in front of the Supreme Court. She is a partner at Kirkland & Ellis and the first female attorney general in the state of Illinois, Lisa Madigan. Thank you so much for your time here today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.